You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. It's time to talk about leadership here on the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Me, Rob Brown, your host, thrilled to have with me today. One of the world's leading experts on leadership in professional firms, particularly the big accounting firms, but I'm sure it's speaking to all creatures great and small as the same goes. It's John Fenton. John, great to have you with us. Rob, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to, to be with you today. John, tell the audience a little bit about your background and what qualifies you to talk about leadership in this space. Thank you. You know, I first of all, I was a managing partner for BDO USA for a number of years. I spent over 30 years in the accounting profession. And I've really been a student of leadership throughout my life. I, I had an opportunity to play um, collegiate athletics football in the USA. Um, at a very high level, uh, Division One, and um, really started thinking about what makes great teams great and what makes terrible teams terrible. And I've been on both. I've been on championship teams and I've been on miserable losing teams. And I carried that with me. I, I uh, didn't go to the next level. I did not play, play professionally. I got my MBA and uh, got married and started a family and thought, you know, pursuing the American dream, as, as we like to say here. And um, what the world of sport has missed, John, with you not turning pro, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting, right? So there's a graphic. I just saw this the other day, but the NCAA keeps, I'm watching a little basketball program, basketball, uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, which my, my alma mater is in the final four, thankfully, first time ever, the, the U. Um, but um you know, it had a graphic, uh, kind of an advertisement about student athletes, right? And they said less than two percent make it to the next level out of college, and it's true. So you got to be really elite, elite to get to that next level. And um, you know, if someone, if Don Shula, Miami Dolphins, had called me up and said, "Hey, we want you to come try out," I'd have been in a heartbeat. But that didn't happen. And uh, you know, kind of saw the handwriting on the wall and decided to pursue, change my life, and actually transform myself from a from an athlete to a to an accountant and um, a public accountant. And um, you grew through the roof for my started with Arthur Anderson right out of college and then joined uh, BDO shortly, you know, about a year and a half later. It was really a better fit for me. Grew through the firm, but managed, managing partner in a couple of different offices. And I kept asking myself questions around leadership and what makes great leaders. Um, and I used to, actually, I used to read, I love reading bi biographies, right, about leadership. And one of the very first ones I recall, actually going back to like sixth grade, was on Teddy Roosevelt and what a great leader he was. And uh, I've later, you know, more recently read the, the biographies that have been written more recently. But um, so the, having that passion for leadership and what makes great leadership, and I always was challenging myself and assessing myself, what makes a great leader? And um, so I've spent many, many years focusing on that. And then I retired, actually, I retired 10 years ago from in the accounting profession and continue to serve the profession and as a consultant, a thought leader, mentor uh, to CPAs uh, and mid-sized CPA firm around their leadership, their leadership acumen, their leadership skills, and helping them think of new ways to really tap into their authentic leadership style. Well, we've got the honor of having you for two episodes. One's going to be on leadership. The other's going to be on talent. And uh, this is the first one. You're very focused on the inner game of leadership, aren't you, John? And one of your personal brands is the CEO of Sensei. Talk to us about how important the mind is when it comes to leading well. Mindset is so, so important. You know, as a leader, everything starts with you. 
right? And what you want to convey to your teams, your, your employees, the style of leadership, the way you communicate, it all starts internally with you. And so I really tapped into this around the mindset concept uh, through my own martial arts training. And I actually, I'm black belt in Tai Chi. So I'm, tai Chi, if you don't know, is a, a non-combative martial art. Um, and it's kind of a combination of kind of an energy dance, if you will. And so it's connecting mind and body and spirit together. And it really had a profound effect on me as a leader. It made me a better human being, honestly, uh, because I was able to slow all the chatter in my mind down and really get centered into my core. And I just fell in love with that practice. And I actually went through the 12 stages to be a black belt and was actually considered or achieved master status. And, and I talk about leadership mastery and self-mastery and it's really around self-awareness. You know, Daniel Goleman, emotional IQ, emotional intelligence, uh, around really being self-aware and about how, aware how you impact other people in your communication and, and your style. The martial art practice really taught me how to really center myself, focus, my, focus myself. So the emotions and the things that were happening around me after, after going through this process, really the first six months or so, I reacted differently to the things that were external you know, influences around me and um, was able to be a better leader, make better decisions. No one makes good decisions when they're in the heat of the battle and emotional. And we're all emotional. We're emotional human beings. We are, all of us, whether we, we outwardly display it or not, emotions are going on inside of us. So I learned a lot about how the brain works and about mindset and some of my other certifications and training. I'm a Jack Canfield uh, Success Principles trainer, and Jack Canfield is a co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series of books, one of the most read uh, books uh, in the world, beside the Bible, I believe, um, series of books. Um, and around mindset and around intentionality, you know, setting yourself up for success. And it's interesting, early on in my life, I kind of, no one taught me how to do goal setting. And one of the things that happened to me very early in my life was I was in junior high school and I was not athletic at all. If you knew me in junior high school, you would never have guessed. I would played high school football, let alone collegiate division one football. And I was in physical education class and it was very competitive. Uh, and we had like platoons, right? Based on how we, how we performed the year before and testing, it was called the presidential President's Physical Fitness Award testing that was done every year for kids that were like sixth grade through ninth grade. And uh, I had failed miserably the year before. And when I got to seventh grade in junior high school, um, we were all kind of in platoons based on our skill sets. And I was in the lowest group, lowest group, the top group, the gold t-shirt. We all had different colored t-shirts based on our, our prowess and our abilities. The gold t-shirt boys were the top award winners. Segregation really works, right? <laughs> right. Well, right. And so one day, one of the gold t-shirt boys says to us boys in the white t-shirts, you're nothing but a bunch of cream puffs. Now, I love pastries, <laughs> but it, 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 that comment wasn't even directed to me personally, but it was, it landed with me. And I began to change my thinking about how I was showing up and what I was doing. And I chose to, the next day, I just chose to work towards achieving that that goal. And we had an obstacle course, a literal obstacle course we had to get over. We had to as part of our warm up in physical education class, which we had every day. At the very end of that obstacle course was a, a wall, a wooden green wall. And I could not get up over that wall. And you've probably seen, you know, film or pictures of you know, military, military you know, Marines or um, you know, Navy SEALs climbing over logs and walls and things. I could not get over this wall. And it wasn't a very big wall, but it was a big enough wall that I couldn't get over. And I didn't know how to do that. And I just vowed to myself that I was going to find a way to get over that wall. And I practiced. I practiced every weekend. I lived right across the street from the school. I could see the obstacle course from my front yard. And I practiced every weekend and I was able to accomplish that. And I, physically, my body started to change. I started to grow more and became much more in tune with my physical abilities. And um, it took me two years, but I earned that President's Physical Fitness Award. I share that story because it changed my life. Because I went from a kid that would run way in the back of the group and complain and whine about running. It hurts my, hurts my chest or my legs or whatever. I chose to want to be in the front of the line 
near the front of the line uh, to prove that I, I could do it. And, and then I stopped the whining and I started seeing myself in a different life, different mindset. And that shifted everything for me, um, allowed me to play high school sports and then on to, to college. Um, I would not have gone to college otherwise because my family could not afford you know, education at that, that level. How do you relate stories like that to accounting leaders, leaders in professional service firms? They are super smart, technically brilliant. Let's say, okay, with managing and leading people, but you're taking them into a whole new realm of leadership there, aren't you? It's really about tapping into your inner strengths and what are you best at? And, we're, and not, we can't be great at everything, right? That's why you hire, you hopefully hire good people that can complement your skill sets. But it's really about choosing what kind of leader you want to be, what your future looks like, what the future of your firm looks like. So it's intentionality and then building your, your action plans, if you will, personal action plans based on that. Sometimes it's just pulling back and pausing and taking a deep breath. And it's one of the things I learned from my martial arts training is how to quickly change, shift the dynamics internally, what's going on with me in any situation was to focus on breathing. And you've probably heard about box breathing, four-part breathing, but very simply just breathe in through your nose slowly and exhale slowly, kind of pause in between, but allow yourself to reset, do a reset. And I've worked with some clients one-on-one -on -one where you know, sometimes they're in, in person or on you know, virtual or in person. Um, and they'll say, Hey, today, I just need a reset. And we'll do Tai Chi together and breathing and just focus on that so they can really get back into themselves, help them make, help them to be better leaders. I've heard stories about how breathing is so unconscious that we generally use about a third to a half of our lung capacity on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're not conscious and intentional about it. So you're equating our breathing, getting that oxygen in with being a better leader. Just solidify that bridge for us a little bit, John. So when you're, when you're calmer in a calmer state, and your breathing can, can get you to a calmer state, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to be able to step back and really think, you know, kind of really focus on the business, not in the business. So we get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, especially in the accounting profession. Every bill, every hour is important, right? But allowing yourself, give yourself some grace to create some white space on your calendar to step back. If it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, to do some daydreaming, right? And so allow yourself to calm, focus on your breathing, helps to really center you. And you make a, a very good point, Rob. We don't know, we forget how to breathe. Have you ever watched a baby breathe? Like their whole body's involved in breathing, right? From their deep in their belly, and we forget. So as we get older, we, our, shallow, our breathing gets shallower and shallower. So from a health, just from a health, straight health perspective, you want to breathe more deeply, really from your abdomen, your lower abdomen. And what I learned in the martial arts is our geometric center of our body is the lower abdomen. If you remember Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, he was trying to find the center of the human body to create a circle and a square in the same, same image. And it's right below your navel. And in the martial arts and um, uh, in, in some of the Asian medicine practices, the, the lower abdomen uh, right below your navel is a very important center of your body. And so being able to just to focus into your breathing allows you to calm down, allows you to really think more deeply, more in, uh, with more intention to really help you make better decisions. A lot of times decisions are based on your gut feel. You may not have all the data and you really don't probably want 100% of the data because if you do that, you're probably, you've missed the opportunity, whatever that decision might be. So it's allowing yourself to, Get the information you need. Be laser focused on what's most important to allow you to be a better leader. The other thing is, you know, there's constantly, if you're a managing partner, constantly, you know, people, people vying for your time, bits and pieces of your time each day. It's hard to say no, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it's that. And we want to be helpful. We want to help. We want to be leaders. We want to be good leaders. So we, of course, we want to say, yes, I want to meet with you. And, but it just kind of chips away at you each day, right? So being able to have that white space, give yourself a gap. You can put parameters around it, you know, set times up for people can actually come and meet with you. You want to, I mean, relationships are important. And what I found personally as a leader is when I was more centered, the relationships were 
were much deeper, much stronger with my employees and with my clients. And I started to just listen a lot. Now I can talk, you can tell I can talk a lot. But I had to train myself to really listen, deep, active listening. Um, Susan Scott and Fierce Conversations wrote about, um, her term she used was, um, let silence do the heavy lifting. Right? Sometimes as a leader, we want to do all the talking, but sometimes it's just great to just sit there and listen really get into that conversation. The problem in the world we're in, John, is it's getting faster. Yes. The pace of change is never going to get slower. We've heard this term VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, ambiguity. Our watchers, listeners can Google that. We're in a murky world now where everybody's contending with something and everyone's got a full calendar. And that white space that you're talking about, it's hard to come by. It is. It is. You've got to discipline yourself. Now, you can create that space different times during the day. Um, I, I really believe in a, a good morning ritual. Two things that I've learned from my practice, and there's some books out there uh, that, that also support this notion in different ways. One is I used to love coming to the office at like seven in the morning because I could get a lot of work done before everybody else showed up, right? But it's having that time for yourself in the morning to really be focused. And you can practice some breathing, physical activity, whether it's walking, running, working out, Tai Chi, whatever it might be, yoga, um, you know, spend 20, 30 minutes doing that. So med I love to meditate. I've, I've gone on meditation retreats and I've spent like one hour in sitting meditation and you know, week-long trainings around meditation and Tai Chi. But it's really just important to reset yourself in, in the day, the first part of the day. If I, don't, if I don't practice my Tai Chi practice that day, I typically feel, I don't feel that great the rest of the day. Like it's, the day doesn't really flow well for me. And, uh, and so that's one practice. The other practice is towards the end of the day in the evening is what I call information fasting. We are all tied to our devices. By information fasting, what I mean is you don't need to know everything that's going on all the time around you in the world. There are certain things that are important for you and your business and for your family. Focus on those few things, but don't spend a lot of time on your devices. And, and, and don't jump on them right first thing in the morning, unless you're waiting for an important call, phone call from overseas or whatever. You know, don't jump on your devices right away. Wait, give yourself some time, do some reflection, some reading um, to help kind of bolster yourself, your soul. Focus all your attention on maybe some business reading, something you want to learn, right? So around focusing on you first to set you up for the day, give yourself some space. Don't jump on those devices right away uh, because it's just, it's just tons of information into our brain and we don't need all that information. So it's a great concept around just slowing things down. The image I'm getting, John, is of a battery, a rechargeable battery, but as a, a managing partner, a leader, a boss in a professional firm, you're right to say people want a piece of you and you don't get those moments to think. So you're constantly being drained. The energy is coming out of you. You're, you're solving problems. You're dealing with ambiguity. You're handling people who are complex uncertain emotional people so that battery needs recharging either on an hour by hour basis or a day by day basis and if you're not doing that you're gradually going to be emptied and emptied and you're going to hit a wall it's, it's so true we constantly want to give okay we want to constantly give and give and give and we deplete ourselves but number one one of the top priorities i think all leaders and really everybody in business need to have is number one two or three of your top issues, and I kind of forgot about this myself at one point, is your personal health and well-being is so important. So you have to make that space. And, you know, it's, you know each day is going to be different. There may be some major deadlines, you know, IPOs, whatever you might be working on, that are going to consume your time. But know that you can, at the end of that time, to recharge yourself. So you're right. It's just like a battery. You want to recharge yourself. It can be as simple as, I mean, I wrote a book about this five-minute mastery, okay? You can, it can be as simple as five minutes, taking five minutes for yourself to just sort of reset, breathe, slow things down. Um, one, of the, one of the stories that I, I, I heard recently was the Navy SEALs, United States Naval, Navy SEALs, 
very elite force. One of their mottos is slow is smooth, um, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. What that means is they slow things down. Now for them, it's life or death. Now hopefully in your accounting practice and your firm, this is not a life or death situation. They slow things down so that they can move smoothly. They know there's gonna be interruptions, disruptions, things are not gonna go to plan. They slow things down so they just don't rush in, right? They slow things down. Things can be moved more smoothly. In the long run, it means things will be fast, right? They'll get the mission accomplished. And I think for all of us, that's a lesson around finding ways to just slow things down. We live in such, like you said, a very frenetic society these days, and we have to really be disciplined to put a hit the pause button. I'm glad you mentioned well-being as well. Mental resilience is at a premium. We're all contending with something, whether you're at the top or at the bottom. Nobody's got life sorted. Any tips for mental well-being, mental health, John, apart from what you've mentioned? Well, I think number one, relationships are key. And I'm, I mean, I love my family. I think the relationships with my family, I know going through the profession, there were times where I was not home very much. Um, and I think having time for relationships with your family, pausing, having dinner around the table, if you can, with your, you know, all the kids and everybody are all kind of doing their own thing sometimes, but really making relationships important inside and outside business and inside and outside, inside and outside of your firm. Whether you know it or not, you're in a relationship business. And some of the best times that I had in, in the profession was actually sitting down with a client and just shooting the breeze for half an hour just to get to know them more, right? Off the clock. Yeah, off the clock. Right. <laughs> I'm not building it, you know, get to know them more, get to know people more deeply. I think if you, I'm a big believer. One of the things I learned in the martial arts training is a flexible body makes a flexible mind. I think having to be resilient, you have to be flexible. If you have a fixed mindset, you're in for a big, a big headache, if you will, over the next remainder of your career. I mean, things are changing so fast so complex. Um, we have to have a flexible mindset to be able to adapt and pivot and realize we don't, you know, imposter syndrome is a big thing for leaders, right? I've, I've experienced it. We've all experienced it because we want to do such a good job. And sometimes you go, we say to ourselves, how did I get here? Why, why would anybody want to follow me? You're there because you have the skill sets to do the job, right? You have that ability. You have that something intuitively about you. People resonate with, and they see you as a leader. So be that leader. Don't worry about what they think. Follow your instincts. And I think being able to just pause, focus intentionally on, on the things that are important in your life and use physical activity. If you like to walk or jog or work out or play basketball, uh, anything like that, that you like to do, soccer, whatever the sport might be. And you're talking about things here, John, that, that have nothing to do with reading a leadership manual or watching a YouTube video or going through a whole, whole skills development program. These are just simple fixes that a leader can weave into his or her day to be at optimum levels. People know already know how to be a good leader. The, you, if you could picture the, a person in your lifetime that you thought was a great leader, you may have known them personally or just observed them or whatever, read about them. You want to model that behavior, right? So you know the things that it's all about your behaviors. And so you know the things that you observe that really resonate with you. Hey, that's a great leader. So if you can adopt those practices, and again, going back to the earlier question, it starts with you inside. It's like to say, everything flows from you as the leader. Doing the inside work, right, to be in that state, to be in that place and see yourself, you know, picture yourself in that role. You have the skill sets. You've, you've achieved the success uh, to get to where you are. Now, there may be some things you need to tweak or some things you want to kind of evaluate. I've actually created a, an assessment for leaders. It's a little self-assessment tool that I created to kind of help you reflect a little bit, you know, scale of one to 10, where do you think you fit in 10 different attributes of leadership that, uh, you know, I'll give people, we can give people a link to that. They can grab that uh, after uh, today's podcast. Um, and it's just something you can do to kind of use some self-reflection. Um, we're in such a state of busy, busy, busy all the time. Now I do a lot of reading, 
I do a lot of reading. I read, you know, I've been recently reading and uh, Tom Peters, um, Extreme, let's see, Excellence Now, Extreme Humanism, uh, Daniel Pink's book, Drive, which is about motivation. It was actually written before the pandemic, but it's so prescient today. And a lot of other sources. There's also, well, you know, McKinsey reports and other, other data, data points, data sets. So it's good to have that information, but your leadership really comes from you and which, how you see yourself as a leader. And so it's a choice about how you want to show up and then start taking action based on that vision for yourself. I want to ask you about the vision of a firm and how a, a leader sets a vision that people will buy into. Just before I hit that one, you say leaders probably already have a lot of skills that they need and probably they do. But what in your view are the skills that today's leaders need in order to thrive? Excellent question. One is self-awareness. Awareness about how you feel, what you're feeling in the moment. All right. So being present in the present moment, self-awareness, also awareness about how you're showing up to other people uh, is very important. I think many times we, we feel like we, we're, I mean, I experienced this myself. I was at many times, I mean, I've, I've not been perfect. <laughs> None of us are perfect, right? I was seen as kind of the angry guy, the guy that could get really upset about things and sort of an angry leader, but I didn't see myself that way. And so I had to come to terms with how I felt internally, how I felt I was authentically wasn't showing up that way for other people. Everybody's perception is different. So I think awareness about how you feel in the moment and all and present, and then also awareness about how you're showing up for other people. I think having compassion. So compassion to me means you're, you're empathetic, but it's really to another level from my, my perspective. Being compassionate means you're meeting people where they're at. So you're not judging them per se. As accountants, we can be very judgy, right? You're not judging them. You're just meeting them where they're at. You're um, perpetually um, curious. You want to learn more, right? Uh, Stephen Covey, seek first to understand, then be understood. So it's asking, digging deeper a little bit, you know, getting to know people, whether it's a client or personal relationships or someone in your firm, an employee or a colleague, get to know them. So showing compassion, meet them where they are. Um, really, you got to care about people. If you want to be a leader, you got to, you got to, <laughs> step one is you got to care about other people, right? And if you don't, you shouldn't be the leader. So having that compassion, awareness, and really follow, following your instincts, your gut instincts. Nine times out of 10, your gut instincts are going to be pretty true for you. And I suppose what you've mentioned, they are skills in a way in that you can hone them, you can acquire them, you can develop them. Some people might see them more as attributes and characteristics, but they're all developable, developable if you like. Yes, they are. And that's what I that's what I do. I help bring out with the CEOs, managing partners I work with, I help bring out in them uh, their natural, authentic skill sets, their strengths, help them to hone those and sharpen those. Um, so they have more clarity, they have more confidence, they are, they're, they're having more success, they're happier, um, and uh, life is great. What about leaders that say, well, hey, John, that all sounds great, but I'm struggling myself. Who, who's leading me? Who's looking after me? Who's getting me right? Yes, if you've got a coach like John Fenton alongside you, then that's terrific. But how do you set a good example as a leader if you're struggling yourself? Well, that's the first thing. You've got to really, it goes back to really being aware of yourself. I feel like I can share a lot with my clients because I've done a lot of self-work, <laughs> okay? I've done a lot of work on myself. And so it's having that awareness. Now, a lot of us, we have blind spots. This is, we all do. It's just face that we do. No matter how aware you may be, you're going to have blind spots. So having somebody that can kind of call you on your BS from time to time, it could be your spouse or one of your colleagues, a friend, um, you know, it's always helpful, right? So someone is a, a mentor that's, that you work with, somebody that knows you pretty well. Um, but I think just having that awareness, uh, finding ways to, um, to um, you know, find somebody that might be, a, you know, can call you on your BS, if, if you will. I think the other thing too is, which we haven't really talked about yet, but kind of touched on, and this this can be a big, this can be a big uh, frustration point for some managing partners. One of the things that I found in my life that's really helped me a lot, and I, as I look back at my life, 
it's what I was really doing, but didn't realize what I was doing was allowing myself to be vulnerable. You don't know everything. You can't know everything. So allowing yourself to be vulnerable is not weakness. Okay. It is strength. It is strength because it's, it takes great courage. Like for me to actually have the courage to say, I'm not going to be a white t-shirt kid anymore. Okay. I'm going to you know, tackle that wall. I'm going to win that award. That took great courage for me at that point in time in my life. So having the courage to allow yourself to realize you don't know everything, to lean on the people in your life that can, can help you in that regard, and to be, be authentic. Allow yourself to be authentic. Many times in getting back to imposter syndrome, we, we try to put on air how I put on airs about how I think I should look or how I think I should act as a leader. Throw that out the window. Be you and be authentic. Really take that time to hone your self-awareness skills, whether it's meditation, tai chi, yoga, whatever it might be, a good coach, a good mentor um, to help you kind of bring you to the present moment. It's really about being in the present moment in that in real time, building relationships. Um, take that one step further. I was, I've was i always been very focused on the future. Like you talked about vision a moment ago. The future is very future oriented. Well, that creates a lot of anxiety and I am a sufferer of anxiety. I think, we all, I, think I always will be and I always have been. I've learned how to manage that. And I think, you know, we're looking to the future where we want our firm to be great. We want to have, achieve all these great things for ourselves personally and for our employees and our, and our teams and our firms. But you got to be focused on the present moment. You have to consider the future, right? So that's kind of your roadmap. Where do you want to take them? I'm meeting with a firm tomorrow that they have a they have a an issue where they don't have a clear vision of where they're going to go next at that pivot point. So you want to know what your roadmap is. You want to know what the destination is going to be 10 years out, five years, whatever that time frame might be. And you want to move towards that. But the things that you do today are really important. Tom Peters wrote, um, excellence is excellence is 95% execution, taking action. Talk is cheap. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly right. John, this has been terrific. Uh, we're going to put your details in the show notes, johnjfenton.com. Uh, there's a range of advice and help you give to leaders in professional firms. When people go to that site, what kind of things might they see? Um, they're going to see me. <laughs> they're going to see some uh, testimonials, uh, a bit about my my book. It was a number one new release uh, bestseller. They can also go to my website, johnjfenton.com slash leadership. They can grab that leadership assessment. It's a one-page document that helps you kind of just reflect a little bit on your leadership skills and maybe maybe point out some things you want to focus on. And you'll also, uh, as when you do that, you'll be invited to be on my email list. I have a weekly newsletter that comes out uh, to, to share with uh, leaders like yourself. John, this has been an excellent sense check and a recalibration, if you like, of getting back to the very basics of leadership, which starts from the inside. So we've loved that. Final question for you. And and really a, a warrior call, a, a call to arms for the leaders. And we're all leaders in one way or another, aren't we? We're all influencers. So how do we go about measuring the success of our leadership, the success of our tenure? How do we gauge if we're doing an okay job? I'm going to bring it back to relationships and experiences. So if you if you look back, the things that we remember most are the experiences we had growing up in our, in our firms and the profession. I think thinking about what is your legacy? What legacy do you want to leave for your firm? What relationships do you want to have and build? And I think if you're having good, deep conversations with your people, you're gonna feel energized and they're gonna feel energized. And having that clarity around the culture and your vision and everything and the purpose of, of what, why you do what you do and what the firm does, well, it starts with building those relationships. So I think I would measure success in the context of not the financial income or the retirement package or any of those other things we might, you know, revenue growth, but the quality of the relationships in the organization, inside and outside. Well, John Fenton, former big firm accounting managing partner, heart attack survivor, black belt in Tai Chi, an executive coach for leaders all over the place. That's been fabulous. Thanks so much for your time and your inspiration today. Thank you, Rob. It's been a pleasure.
listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Advanced Track, helping you as an accountant confidently choose between outsourcing and offshoring. Yeah.